you have your Bibles, let's go to Luke chapter 1. Starting at verse 30. I'm just going to, for the sake of time, I'm going to read verse 30, 31, and then 34 to 38. You there say amen. It says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I not know a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost, everybody say the Holy Ghost, shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing, he says, he calls it a holy thing. He's telling this is not just any other baby. That holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And then Gabriel goes on to give another message, and he says, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, that she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. So then Gabriel speaks these words. He said, for with God, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. I want to tell this church this morning, I don't know what you brought here today. I don't know why you're here this morning, maybe outside of simply just being faithful to the house of God and being faithful to church. But I want to declare to you this morning that you don't have any situation that you bring into this place today that my God can't take care of. That the same baby that was in this manger is the God who is here with us today. He is present. And the thing I want you to understand uh, is that he came to this earth to make a difference. Uh, and he came to this service today to change your situation. Uh, he is here this morning. Uh, so I want you to understand that the same God uh, that came and robed himself in flesh, and we talked about it, went to a cross, uh, all those things that took place, uh, a lot of things we always stop at the cross. But I want to tell you right now, he did go to a tomb. But he didn't stay there. But I'm also thankful that he didn't stay in that little manger. But he grew up to be that one that we needed. Uh, he became that lamb that was slain for us. Uh, and I want you to know right now that he's not just locked up in heaven somewhere. Uh, and someday we're going to go get to go be with him in his presence. Uh, but as I've been preaching lately, his presence is here right now. Uh, so you're in the midst of that God. So I wish right now, if you would, uh, everybody would stand to their feet before we get into his word uh, and just say, God, uh, I'm thankful for you. God, uh, I love you this morning. Uh, God, I thank you for the manger. Uh, God, I thank you for your ministry. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the tomb. But I'm thankful today that you decided to come here in this place with us today, God. We thank you for it, Lord. We magnify you now. In Jesus' name, amen. There's nothing impossible for God. You may be seated. So we're going to be rediscovered. We got our slide up there. We're going to rediscover Christmas. 
we're going to rediscover Christmas a little bit. What is Christmas? We're going to be reminded of what it's really truly about this month. And today we're going to talk on this topic, He Came. Look at your neighbor and say, He Came. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'm thankful He Came. We'd be in a different situation if He never would have come. There is nothing impossible with Him. I know that last year that it has thrown things at us that we didn't see coming. Last year and this year that we lost loved ones that we never dreamed that we would lose so quick. We faced a pandemic that was uh, we were being told could never go away. And now we're dealing with variant after variant after variant after variant. One seems to be fading, another one pops up. But I want you to hear me this morning. That COVID came to, to shake the world, uh, but he came to save the world. And he tells me, don't worry about it. I've already overcome the world. <laughs> he tells me, don't, don't you fear. Don't you worry. I've already come and I've already did what I had to do. You see, this world is divided like never before right now. And there's an agenda to separate the world and to separate us, his people, his creation. But he came to unite this world. And he came to unite this world through a little manger. He came through a little baby robed in flesh. He said, I didn't come to bring division, but I, I came to bring salvation to you. And I come to bring us together as one people under one blood. Come on, it doesn't matter. I don't care what color your skin is this morning. I don't care what your background is this morning. I'm telling you right now, you got the Holy Ghost. You've got the Spirit of God flowing through you. It is the blood that flows through you. It is salvation that flows through you. I don't care where you come from. I don't care if you're rich or poor. I'm telling you, He came for you this morning. There's unrest in our streets, in our communities, but He came to bring rest and to bring peace. Are you thankful for the peace? I'll tell you this morning that this world needs, this world needs Christmas. This world needs what Christmas is really about. Our families need Christmas. You need Christmas. I'm not talking about the tree, and I'm not talking about the gifts that's sitting underneath it. And kiddos, I know that that's, that's what gets you excited. Any kids excited about some gifts you're going to be getting? Y'all lying. Either you're lying or your face is in a phone right now. Turn them off, hallelujah, in Jesus' name. We're in the presence of the Almighty. We won't have no iPhones in heaven. I better move along. There should be a reverence for the house of God. I don't care if you sit in a coffee shop with your face in the phone all day long. Don't come in the presence of God with your face in the phone. You want to put your face in the carpet? And cry out to him. That's what's going to change your life. Hallelujah. But I'm not talking about those presents. I'm talking about what God wants to do. What he's putting before us. His miraculous works. And allowing us to understand. That. Because he came to a manger. Nothing is impossible today. Nothing. There's nothing impossible. You see, now, be, before, we're not talking Old Testament stuff. That, you know, it, it was different back then. I'm talking New Testament. We're, we're in this grace dispensation now. 
Because he came and because that blood was shed, we've talked about it just lately. We've talked about it. There's no longer a need to bring a, a lamb and, and lay it on an altar and, 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 and shed its blood because that spotless little beautiful baby. You stop and think about that for a second. This precious little baby, the greatest gift ever born, wrapped up inside that little package of flesh was the salvation blood flowing through. And to understand if he would not have come, we would sit here hopeless today. If he would not have went to that whipping post, uh, Sister Tracy, healing would not be available to us. But you're here today because that blood did not stay in a manger or that God did not stay up and on a throne in heaven. But he said, I love you enough to come down and robe myself in flesh and go through the pain I got to go to. I'm telling you right now, you are here today because he came, because he loved you enough to say, listen, I'm coming to show you that I love you. Will you love me back? Somebody shout, he came. Because he came, nothing's impossible today. Jesus said, why don't you shout real loud, Jesus said. Something powerful with his words. Jesus said that the, the impossible, that things are impossible with men. There are some things that men just don't have the capability of doing. They try their hardest. They try to use their own wisdom to try to figure out things. But you understand that they have limitations. There, there was only so much the doctor could do for you, Sister Trace. I'm so glad you guys are here. Man, we've missed you guys so much. When part of the body's missing, you feel that. We're glad you're back. But I, I'm just, I'm thankful to know that the doctor could have given you any message he could have given you. He could have said, there's no hope for you. But what did God say? Who has the final say? Not earthly physicians, but only the great physician. You see, they can only work on you, but he created you. So they have no authority to stamp death on you. Only the one who gives you life can take it. So Jesus said that things, that there are things impossible with men, that those things are possible with God. You see, the, the father of a demon-possessed boy cried out. He said, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. I believe that you are who you are. I'm just having a hard time believing that you're going to do what I think you can do. A lot of times it's not our problem that we believe in him. We believe in him. A lot of the times our problem is that, that we, we still have him in a manger somewhere. We believe the story. We just don't believe that he's going to do it. You need to believe in him. And believe that he will. And because that the, he believed, and he said, I believe, Lord, and, and the Lord, the Lord spoke to the situation, and the boy was delivered. See, what, what took place in that moment is he had a Christmas experience, a Christmas moment. Here, your pastor this morning. If I can get this church to a place of believing, 
if we can grasp what God wants to do for this church. Not what he's already done. That's good, and we thank God for that. He's been doing things for 106 years around here. That's a long time, and I thank God for all that great stuff. I believe he did it. Why? Because it's easy for me to believe that he did it because I can look back through time and see what he did. I believe that he'll provide some finances for us. So long, I can look back for the last couple of years, and he provided over $108,000 to pay off property. He's just provided $50,000 for us to help us prepare the land. And I truly believe that it doesn't matter what the building's going to cost. My God already spoke it and said, listen, before the last brick is laid, it's going to be paid for. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I can look forward and say, I believe who you are. I believe your word. And I also believe that you are who you are. So therefore, you will do what you said you will do. Come on, can somebody thank God for it this morning? That he is who he says he is. That he keeps his promises. That he will show up. Woo! If we can understand that that something miraculous is about to happen. Why? Because he came. He came. He came to this earth. He came. Somebody is about to have a Christmas moment. This morning, I truly believe that we're about to to go into one of the greatest years that this church has ever seen next year. I believe that. I feel that in my spirit. I wish I had more people that actually believed that with me, that you would agree with me. There's something powerful about agreement. If we can agree on that, I believe this year is getting, this church is getting ready to step into the greatest year that we have seen yet in this church. I'm telling you right now, it was spoken to me just a few weeks ago that there is about to be an abundance to this church. They spoke and the minister said there's about to be an abundance of souls. There's about to be an abundance of finances. There's about to be an abundance of miracles. There's about to be an abundance for Life Point Pentecostals. If you believe that this morning, won't you stand up and claim it. Claim that word together and say, I believe it with you. There's about to be a great abundance because he came to Athens 106 years ago. He came through a young man preaching the gospel. He came to this city and because he came, he will finish what he started. It's all because he came. It's all because he came. Woo. I believe when he comes on the scene, when God shows up on the scene, anything is possible. Anything. Everything. Everything changes when Jesus shows up. Everything. It doesn't matter what you're facing. Everything changes when Jesus shows up. You remember the life you used to live. You remember. You remember when he showed up. And he was knocking on the door of your heart. And when you finally slowed down enough, put the bottle down enough to open the door, and he came inside. (laughs) When you let him in, everything changed. All the addictions you used to deal with, you no longer deal with. All the sickness you used to deal with, you no longer deal with. All the, all the problems in your marriage, they all became fine. All the problems with your children, listen, I understand when you let Jesus in, things change. If you're here this morning there's a knocking, you need to open the door. Because everything will change. Whew. 
Mm. Somebody shout, he came. I tell you, I can't wait for tonight's children play. I'm so excited. I am. I know you kiddos are excited. Come on now. I love the theme of tonight. I've been chewing on this since I heard it from the very beginning when they presented it. Behind the manger scene. Behind the manger scene. That's why this month the sermons are going to be focused on rediscovering Christmas. That what, what is the manger all about? It's easy for us to take maybe this little manger scene and to throw it on our on our, our table or on our counter for the you know for a month and and we you know, oh look how cute that little manger is how precious is that we don't really don't really stop to think exactly what is the behind the scenes of the manger what really took place in the manger to understand that it, it was not just a just a, a, a one-day thing that took place and all that, it's, it's done, it's over with now. No, 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 no. What, what's the true significance of it? And, and how did it really change the world? And that's why I want us to understand this this morning, that in that moment, that moment, that at, at the very second of his birth, the greatest rescue operation, was put in place. I hear all these stories about military going in and sneaking in, and they drop down at nighttime with helicopters, and they go in and they rescue people. And that's, that's great. I love it. But this was the greatest rescue operation. Because they go to rescue one or two people. But he said, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to fly in in helicopters. I don't need those things. Uh, he said, but I'm just going to rub myself in this precious little innocent baby. Uh, and in that little, little innocent baby, uh, he said, through this little child, uh, I'm going to rescue not just one, uh, not just two, uh, not ten. He said, but I'm going to, I'm going to rescue the whole world, uh, those who want to be rescued. Uh, he said, I'm going to come in in this little stable and rescue them. It's the greatest redemption plan to this day. It was put in place, and the world would never be the same because simply, two words, he came. That's it. Because he came, my life was turned around. Because he came, you're sitting here today with hope. Because he came, there is somebody out right now there is somebody out in the world that says, oh, no, 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 I don't want anything to do with this, God. And that same person, that he would open his arms to them and say, listen, I came for you. You remember where you were? You remember there's some, some in this room that you couldn't let a day go by without a bottle in your hand. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about milk. Thank you, Brother Sam, for raising your hand. You remember that day? But I also remember that day, Brother Sam, it just popped up on my phone just the other day where I took you down in the water and I struggled a little bit to get you back up because, you know, you're a little fella. But I remember that day when the blood was applied. It was that day that he came into your life. 
and you haven't been the same since. I'm telling you right now, when he shows up and you open the door, it'll change you forever. You don't look at things the same. All because he came. You understand that it, this, this story that we celebrate in December, that it's more than, than just a dirty stable filled with stinky animals. It's more than just some wobbly little manger filled with hay. That it's more than a destination for shepherds and wise men to come to. It, uh, it was more than just a manger. And when you look behind the scenes of what was actually going on, you begin to see uh, that it was the birthplace of righteousness. It was the birthplace of that spotless lamb that would one day redeem us of our sins. It was the place where the pathway to grace and mercy was started. It's amazing to watch somebody put down a road. They can cover up dirt and gravel and messed up roads and they can lay down some nice smooth paving like we have on a parking lot now. Guess what happened in that birthplace? In that manger, that paving began to be laid down. And he said, I'm making a way for you. I'm making a road for you. That you don't have to wander around and say, where do I go? But the road leads to him. And if you just get on that path this morning, he'll change your life forever. Because he came for you he came it's the first place where the God of heaven stepped foot on the earth he created as a man think about that the very God who spoke it into existence pays it a visit as a little baby it's more than a manger it's where my key to salvation and hope was born. Everything changes. What did they open up with this morning? They didn't know I was preaching this this morning. Everything changes when you walk into the room. I was in my office and they started singing that. Woo, tears filled up my eyes. I said, God, thank you for confirmation. Thank you, Lord. That tells me that my praise team's in the Holy Ghost or in the vein. That they're operating, they're praying because we're on the same page this morning. The message is clear. God wants you to understand that when he shows up and when he walks into the room, and a lot of times we make him the last, last ditch effort, that we go to him last after we've tried everything. Ask the woman with the issue of blood. She said, I've tried it all, but when Jesus came on the scene... All she had to do was just reach out. There's week after week after week that you go through things and you deal with things. And he says, I'm here every day. I show up every day. Someone needs to understand he's coming daily for you and for your situation. You've got to just stop and open up the door and let him in. Because everything changes when he shows up. Everything. Let's go to John chapter 5. Starting at verse 1. Love the story. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews. And it says, and Jesus went. Jesus went. I love the fact that he didn't come to the earth and just stay in one place. He didn't just say, I'm just going to come right here and plant myself right here. I'm just going to, you know what? Mom, the manger's good enough for me. Let's just stay here. Let's not venture out. Let's just stay right here. It's comfortable here. 
Uh-uh. No, he went from town to town. And when he would show up, things happened every time. It says, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And in these uh, lay a great multitude of important folk, impotent folk, well, they were important to Jesus too, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. They were just waiting for the water to move. They were just waiting on some relief of what they were dealing with. And it says, For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and would trouble the water. And whosoever then first after the trouble of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease they had. Could you imagine if you're sick? Sister Tracy, you're here, so I'm just going to keep using you all day long. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Come on. I didn't think you would argue. Could you imagine if we would have had to carry you to a pool and set you on the side and said, good luck. When the water starts moving, you better jump in. Better be the first one. If somebody beats you, you're going to have to wait till next time. Good luck. <laughs> I'm thankful we're not dealing with that. It says that they were made whole of their disease. And it says that a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. That's a long time. And when Jesus saw him and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. Here's a revelation for you. When no man is there to help you, God will always be there. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You see, Jesus shows up on the scene. He says, I have no man, sir. And when the water is troubled, he said, to put me into the pool. That, that, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. They always beat me. And Jesus said unto him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. Immediately. Not, well, I will start the process and we'll hope it turns out okay. No, Jesus showed up. He said, I have no man. He said, but it's okay. You've got the son of man. You, you, you have no man. It's all right. I'm the one who created them that you're putting your faith in. He said, get up. You're whole. I make you whole. Jumped down a few verses. He said, and he, he answered them. And he's, he, he that made me whole and said unto them, take, take up thy bed and walk. And then asked they him, what man is that which said this unto thee? Take up thy bed and walk. And he that was healed wist not who it was for Jesus Evade himself away. He says, and a multitude being in that place, afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple and saith unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. 38 years waiting on a man. 
a long time just waiting on a man. And Jesus came. How many people in this world are just waiting on a man to rescue them? How many people in this world right now, this morning, waking up, probably even on our campus this morning, all these young people waking up, putting their hope and their faith in a man, knowing they got a problem, but they're saying, I think man can help me. I hope there's a man out there. I hope, I hope, and I let them, I'm not saying anything about counselors, therapists, anything. I, they're great. They can be a great asset to the church and ministry. But I'm telling you right now, you don't put your hope in them. Come on now. I feel the Holy Ghost in that. You don't put your hope in them. They can't give you salvation. They can't pull you. They, they can bandage some of the problems that you have. But I'm telling you right now, it's not until you go down into a watery grave that all those things are actually removed from you. I'm telling you right now, it's not until you allow him to come into your life that those things will be removed and you'll be changed. Man has limitations. This morning, as I come to a close, I want to take us to Hebrews 13 and 8. It tells us this. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That tells me that Jesus Christ, whoo, Jesus Christ, my God, who spoke Everything into existence is the same God that came down and robed himself as a baby in a little manger. He's the same God that, that went forth in the, in the ministry, walking through streets and healing people. He's the same God that walked up on the scene for after 38 years, Bethesda, and said, listen, you don't need the water. You don't need the pool. You don't need that stuff. He said, I'm the God who created this body. And be healed. Be whole. Be made whole. Get up. Take your bed and go. That, that same God, that's what I'm talking about this morning, was the same one that went to the cross. He's the same one that got in the tomb. He's the same one uh, that, that resurrected himself. It's the same God uh, that's in this place this morning. Uh, he, he is the one who's saying either whether it be uh, yesterday or whether it be today, uh, whether it be tomorrow, he said, it doesn't matter. Uh, when, times, when time ends, uh, he said, listen, uh, I'm going to be the same God that you're going to be bowing down in heaven uh, and worshiping. Uh, it's the same God that's here today. Uh, it's the same God. He is forever the same. He is a Lord that changes not. If we could just grasp the reality of this morning that the same baby whose presence in a manger was drawing on shepherds and kings to bow before him. That same Jesus that inspired David to write and pen these words, I will bow in reverence for you. That same God that parted the Red Sea for his people. That same God that was, we talked about last week, the same God that was the pillar of the cloud by day and the fire by night. That same God that said, I won't leave you, I won't forsake you. That same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. He's the same God today. He was the baby then, but I'm telling you, he's God now. He was God then, he's God now. Hear me today. He came today. He showed up in this service today. He showed up 
in praise and worship. I felt it in my office before I even walked out here. When the first song began to go forth, I could feel the Holy Ghost sweeping in this place. I'm telling you right now, hear me today. He came today, not for the rich. He didn't come here. He didn't come here for those who have it all together. He didn't come here for those who are the elite. He didn't come here for those. He said, I come for them, and I come for the broken family. I come for the broken individual. I come for the unsaved. I come for those who are scarred from their past. I've come today for the hurting. I've come for those who are fighting addictions. I'm fighting coming today for those who are empty. He said, I'm just here this morning for every single person in this place. He has come for you. And if you want him this morning, will you stand up and say, God, I want you, Lord. You came for me. You're knocking, Lord. You're at the door. Because I'm telling you right now, everything changes when he walks into the room. And Jesus is here now. He's not in a manger somewhere. He's not on a cross somewhere. He's not in a tomb somewhere. He's not bound in heaven. But he is here now. Give God praise this morning. Come on. If you believe he's here in this place, then magnify him like he deserves to be magnified. Worship him like he deserves to be worshipped this morning. Come on, musicians are coming. If you're here this morning, right now, hear me. If you're here and you're facing something in life, God is knocking on the door of your heart. Come on, if you're here this morning and you haven't given your life to him, if you've never been baptized in his name, if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, come on, I'm telling you, he's knocking this morning. He wants me to tell you, I have come for them. He has come for you this morning. And because he came, your life can be turned upside down. Does anybody want it? Does anybody want change? Does anybody want set free? Does anybody want the emptiness filled up? Come on, anybody hurting this morning? Does anybody want peace in this place this morning? Does anybody want it for your family? Come on, do you want a healing this morning? You need a miracle. Come get your miracle. Come on, he came. He's a miracle worker. Come on, you don't need a pool. You don't need man. He's saying all you need is me. Come to the altar. Come to the altar and lay it down this morning because he is here he is here right now he is here right now he is here he is here he is here